0: Welcome to Tramlines, a podcast from Agri. I'm your host, Tony Smith, putting your questions to the experts. In this episode, I'm talking to Jim Carswell, well known to many of you as R&D Manager in the North for Agri. Today, we'll be hearing about how we can gain an even greater insight into crop health in season to decipher exactly what nutrients are required. Fine-tuning inputs to maximize performance and gross margin, of course that in turn may help us with environmental considerations. So, uh, Jim, good morning to you. Morning, Tony. Really looking forward to our conversation today, Jim. And when we spoke earlier, you told me a little bit about the work that you do up north and that you look after the eye farms for Agri there. But could you share with us, uh, tell us a little bit about the work that you do?
1: I look after the and manage the Agri's R&D programme in the north, which geographically spreads from the Humber basically so from Yorkshire right up the to top of Scotland. So we have around eight to ten sites in in that region um, Yorkshire uh, right the way up through the borders Northumberland into the central Scotland up into Aberdeenshire and, and, and up up to the Black Isle that's our furthest nice furthest north
0: site. So thinking about the opportunities that we have for looking into what crops need, uh, and or even actually at the end of when we harvest the crop, what they needed. What are the opportunities that farmers and agronomists have for analysing uh, soil and plant health?
1: If yeah, for any nutrition program, you, you really have to start off with a with a soil analysis in the autumn, and and more and more uh, we're advising doing a broad spectrum soil analysis. So not just pH, P, K, magnesium. We're also looking at those other trace element and, and secondary nutrients as well, like calcium. Or on manganese, etc. Also, we're looking more and more nowadays at soil biology, so we can do tests such as the, the Lankrop uh, so beta test, which gives you a, a CO two burst, which gives you an indication of, of the, the level of activity, biological activity in the soil.
0: What What do you mean by that? How can we analyze that? <laughs> yeah.
1: How long is a piece of string? There, there, it can be very, very easy or very, very complicated and in my view, and what we tend to use is the, the simple way for the majority of our sites. We were looking at, um, we take a sample, send it off to a company called LandCrop and they do a so-called Solvita burst test, which uh, basically is a laboratory procedure where we wet up the soil and measure the amount of CO2 released over a, a measured time. And that gives an indication of how, how alive, if you like, the soil is.
0: I like that, Jim. I like the way you describe the soil as being alive. But how does that impact on the crop? If
1: your soil is healthy, it probably means that your plants are going to be healthy as well. But you can't just assume that. And that's why you have to do, in my view, all these other tests during the season to monitor and measure the health of plants and the nutritional status of plants during the season.
0: Yeah, so just so I understand this clearly, when would you actually sample the soil for soil health? What, what time in the cropping life cycle?
1: Well, first of all, it's got to be easy and convenient for the farmer or agronomist. So, and also there has to be a, a, a level of soil moisture there. Typically, soil samples are taken in the autumn, and this is a good time to take uh, a, a further test for soil biology as well.
0: Sure, so if, if we're testing in the early autumn, the crop's established, it, it's going away, I guess it's, at that time it'll be starting to tiller. Um, there isn't much you can do there about soil health to, to correct it, is there? I mean, you, you've done your cultivations, you've been building up that soil health maybe over a period of time, over years. So I'm guessing there isn't much you can do, but what it is doing is giving you a picture as to what is happening. And the question is, well, what do you do with the picture that you've painted?
1: I think it's, it's one piece of the jigsaw, and uh, it, it's all about having, those, having all these pieces of the jigsaw. The soil samples, including for soil health, are taken prior to cultivations, and that gives you a benchmark, a line, if you like, an indicator where, where you are. Um, I think the important point here is by doing these soil tests regularly on an annual basis, it gives you a general picture of how you're building up soil health or should be building up soil health compared to just shooting in the dark.
0: So you've talked about soil health there, Jim. What else, how else should farmers and agronomists be looking at the nutritional needs of the crop, you know, once it's in the ground? Yeah, I like to think that we take a holistic view to
1: to crop nutrition. There are three main parts. One is the broad spectrum soil analysis, which we've talked about. The next part is uh, the the grain analysis, which uh, we can do post-harvest around this time of year, and grain is in the shed. And that will give us uh, an indicator of of how well that plant has actually captured the nutrients during the growing season. And it also tells us, you know, gives an indication what, what nutrients are lacking. So. If the grain is short of boron, if the short is a bit short of, of manganese, then you know we can address that because we have that information. And and the, the key the key message there is having the information.
0: Jim, I can really hear what you're saying in terms of this approach, this understanding what's going on for the crop from a nutritional point of view. Now, you mentioned some of the grain analysis that you've done, which gives you the opportunity to look back, as it were, you know, what's happened in the previous crop. But can you give some insight as to some of the trials work that you've done up north and what you've learned from that, but also how valuable could that information be to farmers and agronomists looking ahead as to what they do now?
1: What showed up last year was, the grain samples from the sites last year showed us that our nitrogen levels are actually below the guideline level um, for the crops. And perhaps that's not surprising because we had that very, very dry year when I think April 21 was the driest on record according to the Met Office. And again, another key message in in this um, importance of monitoring and and measuring during the season is, you know, we we can start off with a plan. We always have to start off with a plan and the plan is based on broad spectrum soil analysis. However, we all know that, you know, things change out there, weather, uh, we we don't have any control over what the weather does. And if we have a wet autumn, which we obviously had uh, last year, and we've obviously had a very wet October again this year, that's going to cause leaching of of nutrients. So we're going to lower the overall levels of nutrients in, in the soil. Yes, we've had a warm autumn, so that's going to enhance mineralization so that's the breakdown or the oxidization of the organic matter um, to, to release nutrients. And, and so those nutrients have been able to be taken up by the plants. But of course, if they're not taken up by the plants and we have a wet uh, period again, we're going to lose that nutrition out of the soil for leaching. So really, really what, what we're doing with our, with our plant tissue analysis, and it's not, it's not a perfect um, solution, uh, but it's, it's, it's what we have. And you, know, you can't plan a nutrient program just by leaf analysis because there are so many other variables kick in when you do your leaf analysis, is the time of day, you know, is it a hot day, is it a dry day, is the plant respiring, not respiring? So that there's all sorts of factors. However, it's better than nothing. And, and it can indicate to you during the season you know, where the gaps are.
0: Okay, so you've identified the gaps from a nutritional point of view, but where's the win? What's the big reason for doing this?
1: What we're trying to do here is, is avoid nutrient deficiencies. Okay, Because once the deficiencies are, become a deficiency, then, in my view, we're starting to lose yield and output.
0: So, Jim, you, you've talked about the importance of understanding soil health and also the value of grain analysis and, and what insight that can give you about what's gone on in the previous crop, and now interestingly, you're talking about okay, let's look at the crop that's in the ground right now, and start to think about plant tissue analysis. So, when is the best time for a grower or an agronomist to sample the crop? Talk us through that, Jim.
1: It's a very good question, and and my my, my main answer to this is 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 when when it's appropriate, and in a nutshell, it's ideally pre-T not for cereals, pre-T not, pre-T1, pre-T2, pre-T3. Okay, and sample plan to do the sampling, you know, say 10 to 14 days before, you know, those um, planned spray applications. So you can get the, the samples taken, send them off to your laboratory, get the results back, and then speak to your agronomist, get the you know, identify where the gaps are, and then you can plug those gaps when the sprayer is going back through the field, so really, you know, we're, we're not we're not involving any more passes through the field here, uh, or passes through the crop, uh, but it, it's it's just that that mindset and that discipline of, of, of you know putting a date in the diary to go out and do that sampling, you know, prior to the event.
0: Yeah, and and since last year, we've seen that enormous rise in the price of uh, fertilizers and inputs, haven't we? Um, and we combine that with, you know. We want to be putting nutrients exactly where they're needed and we need to really be thinking about our gross margin, our bottom line at the end of the day. So I can, I can see that this, this fits perfectly.
1: It's more than that because we, we get a, a benefit in terms of, of enhanced output uh, for the growers from our data. And, and typical examples of that would be uh, from the iFarm across you know, 10 strips, um, it, has, it is unreplicated work, but there's 10, 10 strips there, so there's some replication, in, in my view, which makes it, the data uh, reasonably robust. And compared to a farm standard program, which was already reasonable, when we did our leaf sampling you know, in the spring, pre-T0, pre-T1, we actually missed, a, uh, in this case, a, a pre-T2 uh, test because of the season, but we did a, a pre-T3 test. And we got a yield response of, uh, one, of uh, 1.27 tonnes a hectare more yield from taking the, the samples, identifying where the gaps were. And in, in this particular case, we were short of uh, calcium and molybdenum and copper. And uh, we, we wouldn't have known that if we hadn't taken the leaf samples and, and you know, monitored the levels in, in the crops. So we got a, a yield response to the tailored nutrition approach of 1.27 tonnes a hectare in last year. And what was remarkable was on that farm in 2020, okay, so in a different season, in a different field, the yield response was 1.2 tonnes a hectare to that tailored nutrition approach. So you can see that, you know, really, the, 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 it was remarkably similar, the trend in terms of yield benefit. So was it economic? Well, based on a, I just did some uh, back of envelope calculations, and um, based on, a you know, 165 pounds a ton, which you know was conservative for nowadays. But thinking about spring 2021, doing the budgets forward, 165 pounds was a reasonable price. The extra yield more than covered uh, the cost uh, of that uh, of that uh, great uh, sort of plant sampling and the extra nu- nutrients. We've got positive return investment there, about 180 pounds a hectare. So you can see that you know. I know it can be an an extra job to do on the farm, uh, but we're going through the crop anyway. Um, Why not pay attention to detail? It is a form of precision in my view, and clearly it does work. In another case uh, where we did leaf analysis on winter oilseed rape, and this would be pre-stem extension, pre-flowering, we identified where the shortages were, and we applied additional foliar phosphate foliar copper and foliar zinc, and we achieved an extra 0.55 tonnes a hectare.
0: So this tailored approach that you're talking about, Jim, clearly has real benefits in terms of crop performance and also economic performance. So great news for growers there. But one of the key challenges that seems to face growers every single year is this variability in the climate the dry spells, the prolonged rainfall. And Claire Bend talked about this in her podcast when she talked about climate-smart farming. So how can this in-season monitoring help farmers attain a more reliable output? Can it help them? What do you think?
1: Uh, Absolutely. The the whole point of of in-season monitoring is is just that fine-tuning to make sure that those plants are optimizing the nutrients that are available. And if if they're not available, we need to add them in. What we're doing more and more with the data is looking at nutrient capture, um, which again helps justify the inputs, but also justify from the economics point of view, but it also justifies the inputs from an environmental point of view. So what we found from that example that I've already cited on, on wheat, is that we found we got higher, higher yield and higher output, but more importantly, what we found was we lost around 20 kilos of nitrogen less into the environment. So in other words, that 20 kilos of nitrogen was taken up by the plant and utilised rather than just being lost altogether. And I think more and more, you know, our results and our data is going to be analysed in, in this format going forward.
0: This is really valuable insight, Jim, that you're providing us with today. So this is a real win-win, both for the crop that the farmer is producing, but also for the environment.
1: That, that's correct. And, and, and also interestingly, we, not only did we lose less nitrogen from the system, we actually lost less phosphate as well. And again, that's just showing that, you know, the plant is better able to, it's, it's healthier, it's better able to, um, Utilize the, the nutrients that, that are there and where there's a gap. We've just filled that gap and allowed that uh, plant to optimize its, its growth and nutrition.
0: So, I guess the big question is you know, how often, how frequently are crops being sampled in this way with plant tissue analysis?
1: I suppose the short answer to that one is, is in my view, not enough. Um, you know, it, it it does take time to do this. You know, you do you need to go out there, and and uh, with all with all feed relatively easy because you know they're big leaves. I mean, what we go out and do is identify the youngest fully emerged leaf, and we if you take a, a green sample bag, for example, uh, farmers are, are used to seeing when they send off the green samples. You know, around about a, a third third of a bag, roughly. Um, that's your sample size to send it off to the lab. Yeah, it takes time to do that. And, and that also, you know, the walking across the field. But you know, if you're if you're looking in your crop, if your agronomist's looking in the crop, why not just have the bags with you? You know, you're going through that crop anyway. Why not take the sample and and you know just send it off to, to for testing? You don't have to do every field. I mean, in an ideal world you would, but you know, perhaps you would do your, you know, your um, your, your different soil types, your extremes and soil types in the farm. So you maybe do a light land field, and you do a heavy land field. What I would suggest, though, and what I would advise, is, is don't just, you know, go and sample the, you know, the bad areas. You know, separate the the, the problem areas in the field. You know, look look at that as a as a specific um, case to investigate. So sample from the, you know, the poor area and and the good area, so you can compare and contrast. But what we're really talking about is is taking a more holistic view of crop nutrition and and sample during the season so that we're helping optimise plant nutrition, which is going to ultimately help optimise green output and economic output and environmental output.
0: Interestingly, Jim, as farmers face scrutiny in terms of what we do and what we apply to crops, does this tailored approach help?
1: We all know there's increasing pressure on farms to justify inputs both economically and also environmentally. And, and part of the, the leaf tissue testing process in season, to me, is helping justify n- nutrient use efficiency. Because nutrient or nitrogen use efficiency, but, but actually it's nutrient use efficiency overall, in my view, is becoming more and more important.
0: And Jim, from your trials, how would you summarise your findings? We've got a lot of data now
1: over a number of seasons, and we've got strong evidence to show the benefits of optimising crop nutrition. And I coined the phrase, feed the crop to yield the crop.
0: That's that's a great phrase, that one there, Jim. Uh, Really, really powerful. So what would be your top tips, your call to action for growers and agronomists listening today?
1: Leaf analysis, in my view, is a very important tool in helping optimise output. It highlights nutrient levels in season and speak to agronomist, your agri- agronomist about this um, because once you have that set of graphs in front of you, you can benchmark your crop against UK average and Agri's best practice. And you know we can use that as a discussion tool. we can identify where we can really go for output and in other situations where we want to maybe bring up the output.
0: Thank you, Jim, for a fascinating discussion today. Plant tissue analysis clearly has very significant benefits. A tailored approach that can help us improve crop performance and economic performance, as well as helping us look after the environment. Maybe a valuable tool that is underutilized. That's it for this podcast, but do tune in again as we meet the experts throughout the season, exploring the many immediate and longer term questions for growers and farmers in the UK. If you have any questions you'd like us to ask the experts, email info at agri.co.uk. See you next time.